Hey, everybody, when you hear that music, you know it's time for another exciting, and I do mean exciting, episode of On the Ladder Side of Baseball. That great music, the title in town, Chicago, Chicago. NASCAR coming to Chicago. The Cubs are moving to, no, they're not moving. That's a false little rumor. Yeah, move. they are the worst team in baseball. Well, maybe not the worst. Come on. Anyway, it's an upbeat day today on the lighter side. Woohoo! Went to the uh, Dogs game, the Chicago Dogs, and uh, they played the Milwaukee MKEs. And uh, the Monarchs from Kansas City are in that league. The Kane County Cougars are in that league. And, um, you know, the stadium's beautiful. Oh, my goodness gracious, you're only five minutes away from uh, the casino in Rosemont. The baseball card shows over there in, uh, in the um, convention center. The National Association of Card Collectors is coming to Rosemont in uh, the latter part of July. I plan to be there to pursue my uh, quest to complete my 1953 top set, including trying to get a decent Mickey Mantle 1953, my favorite card of all. If I had a 52 mantle, I'd even think that was more fun. But since they go for a million up, right up there with Honus Wagner, that's the way it goes. Anyway, what a great day. The weather is beautiful, and all the freezing temperatures and wind chill is forgotten. Uh, we have had a great streak of weather, unless you're a farmer. Uh, no rain dry and uh, not bad for golf the ball rolls forever unfortunately mine rolls in the direction that may not be heading towards the uh, green anyway back to the dogs uh, beautiful you you park get there in the third inning so you don't even pay the three dollar parking charge there are a few places left to park they probably had 50 percent of that stadium full and uh the baseball as Greg Maddox once said, it doesn't matter what kind of baseball you're watching. As long as you're watching baseball, it's always interesting. And, and they made good plays. Um, they made the obvious plays that they needed to make. They made some spectacular plays. They made some base running blunders. But by and large, it was a, it's a good game. Moved along. They have the pitch clock, but I don't think they have the shift rule. So they had a little shift going on. Uh, a few ground balls to right field that uh, were throwouts for assists for the first, uh, put out for the first baseman. Sorry. And uh, by and large, the Chicago dogs, the hot dogs were good. The popcorn was good. The chicken was good. The French fries were good. The soft serve ice cream was good. The Coca Cola was good. The summer shanty was good. Uh, and the peanuts were good. Have I left anything out that I ate? along with my grandkids. Oh my God, they were on a sugar high. What a ball. What a blast. They had a great time. They have, you know, figures running around, Mr. Ketchup, Mr. Mustard, um, you know, the bunch of little little leaguers chased a duck through the outfield as one of the stunts. And uh, all in all, I'd say uh, pretty good. The star for the dogs is Brad Lidge's cousin named Lidge. And they had a little intro up there. He Went to Notre Dame University, played baseball there. I think he had a cup of coffee in the major leagues, and I think that he played minor league baseball, and now he's uh, he's happy catching for the Chicago Dogs. Let me tell you, the biggest difference, ballpark's beautiful. The umpires are pretty good, and uh, they all seem to have fun interacting with the players. The players all seem to pretty much be having fun. I don't know what they make. Maybe 1500 bucks. Who knows? I mean, I just don't think they make a lot of money. And um, in addition to that, uh, you know, the game moves along. Nobody seems to care. Everybody's friendly. The concessions compared to Wrigley Field in terms of service, a million to one. The dog concessionaires know what they're doing, and they all use the same credit cards. So... You know, I don't know what the excuses is for Wrigley, but let me tell you what, they get you in and they get you out. 
There are also a bunch of helpful smiling faces that answer questions, tell you where your seats are, et cetera, et cetera. We were in the seventh row behind home plate, and there were actually two scouts there. I don't know what they were scouting. Maybe the uh, tacos at the uh, Mexican little restaurant there. I don't know. Tacos, uh, nachos, Chicago dogs, Wiener Circle was there, and so on and so forth. And a uh, good experience, man. It was fun. Uh, Lidge hit a home run, came to bat. The home team was trailing eight to four in the bottom of the eighth, and Lidge did not hit a home run. Two guys on base left him stranded. And, um, you know, no mess getting out of there. 20 minutes on the uh, on the toll road to get back to Elmhurst where the grandkiddies were living. And uh, all in all, man, I'm big on the dogs. going to check into season tickets for the dogs because, man, oh, man, they aren't any worse than the Cubs. Speaking of the Cubs, which I like to do often and uh, frequently, uh, they continue to be just a pathetic, bad, crummy, hitting not hitting team. I mean, they if they do score, it seems to be in the first couple of innings. Then they go dormant. Um, they can't adjust. They don't get more than three or four hits. And um, they have no stars. And stars is the name of the game today on our podcast because we're gonna we're gonna talk about who you would go pay to see play baseball assuming you're not me and I go pay anyway. But of the teams I follow, we can talk about the stars. We're going to be joined in just a little while by the legendary Greg Kashan. I am looking forward to having Craig on. Uh, next week, we're going to go to Milwaukee, and we're going to celebrate Nellie's birthday at Ward's House of Prime with uh, Brian Ward and Craig Kashan after the Brewers take on the league-leading Arizona Snakes. <laughs> Can you believe that? Arizona's in first place, but we are going to have a good time at Brian Ward's, Ward's House of Prime after the Brew Crew game on the 21st. Yeah, Nellie's birthday's on the 20th. And I hope to have a few of Nellie's friends, maybe that we haven't heard from in the past. One that I'm visiting with, trying to coordinate on uh, when to do that in two weeks, uh, is... Um, John Cangelosi, uh, Candyman, as uh, he was known, had a very, very good career, wrote a book about, you know, how um, people that aren't top prospects, that aren't signed to big bonuses, can navigate their way through the minor leagues. And if they find the right guys who recognize the right talent, they can have a good career in the major leagues. And that's exactly what Johnny Cangelosi did. Johnny was one of the first guys that uh, Pro Sports Inc. signed to represent. That would be the company that Nellie and I had. We signed a number of really, really outstanding White Sox players. Nellie would basically, probably with conflict of interest, but Mr. Reinsdorf, I don't think, cared, would scout out some good guys and and uh, say, hey, you know what? You ought to let uh, the host of the lighter side of baseball, that would be me, represent you. And so we did. We had, I'll go over some of the guys because uh, Johnny was pr prominent in, in our representation because uh, we represented him for a couple of years, and then when he uh, got his chance at the major leagues, uh, he fired my butt. Yeah, well, you know, bygones will be bygones. He probably saved me a lot of wear and tear. We had Ron Karkovice, great catcher for the Chicago White Sox. Uh, Ron, we had for a couple of years. We signed him, and um, he fired us. Uh, then we had um, Kenny Williams. We represented Kenny. We made a, we, we actually, you know, Kenny's the only guy that had a real reason for firing me and or Dave. And let me explain that because it's kind of funny. Um, so Kenny wasn't anybody. Now he's the president of the Chicago White Sox. He had a okay career, not as good as one might have predicted, but um, the time 
that I was representing Kenny, along with my buddy Dave Nelson, who was going out and getting these guys. But I also advised Dave on certain financial matters. Uh, at any rate, there was a uh, player on the Chicago White Sox, and um, he later went on to coach forever, may still be coaching the Kansas City Royals, uh, a chirpy guy, a loud guy, a guy who had a major league career that was okay, um, named Rusty Koontz. Rusty? No trusty Rusty. Anyway, Rusty's a good guy. Not bagging on Rusty at all. A very successful career. A very good um, defensive coach. And uh, was with the White Sox and then he coached for the Royal. But anyway, there was a um, real estate transaction that was available to Rusty. And he made a lot of money, supposedly, in this real estate deal. And so... He told Nellie about it and me about it, and we told Kenny about it. And, you know, I think it's a small amount of money, and I'm not talking out of school. I wasn't representing anybody as an attorney, so there was no attorney-client privilege. We got Kenny uh, into that that deal in a minor way, and, uh, you know, like, like Cheech and Chong back then, man, it went up in smoke. And uh, so Kenny, along with all the other guys, you know, again, Kenny, I, I would have been upset. That was a lot of money back then, you know. Um, and Kenny's a good guy, and and uh, he's, you know, he's got, he's a controversial guy. You know, he's um, um, controversial. There are some guys that love Kenny and some guys that may not. But uh, isn't that true with all of us? Who knows? Anyway, we had a bunch of other guys that, Al Jones, God love Al. He didn't fire me. He's the only guy. Makes the major leagues, hurts his arm. I've said it before. Goes in, hurts his arm warming up in the bullpen on a rainy, cold day in Boston. Comes in, doesn't tell anybody that he hurt his arm before the game started. But he has enough to strike out uh, Rice, Armas, and Evans. Now, that's pretty good, man. You know, Jim Rice, uh, and then Evans and uh, Tony Armas, big time. Gets the win. That was it. Never pitched again. But he didn't fire us. Now, would he have? I don't think so. Al was a really, not to say that these other guys, you know, weren't. But, you know, Tim Raines went a long way to uh, tell all these guys they should get a different agent. And uh, they did. Ah, it's okay. You know, did I feel bad? I, you know, I never lost a law client and nobody ever fired me. Not that I can recall over 45 years. But uh, so when Candyman let me go, I was at the Bears uh, Patriots Super Bowl in New Orleans. He calls me up. Hey, Jamie, I got some bad news. And, uh, you know, that was it. Now, was that fun? No. Was I devastated? Yeah, I thought, you know, we could do a pretty good job for these guys. But, you know, I didn't have a contact for shoe contracts or baseball cards or baseball gloves or whatever. And so, you know, as I said, Johnny went on to have 15 or 16 agents in a very successful year. And he wrote a book. So we'll talk to John a little bit about the book. Uh, we'll talk to John about um, the people in the book that he gave credit to, like uh, Johnny Bowles, who was the manager of the uh, Omaha Royals for a year when we owned the team. Bolsey went on to manage the uh, world champion My Florida Marlins, Miami Marlins, whoever they were. And then Bolsey got out of it. Bolsey is just a, a wonderful guy. And I'm going to try to have him on the podcast because I just need to get a little more aggressive. It's not like I'm busy, you know. I play golf pretty pathetically lately. I watch the Cubs for a few innings until I can't take it anymore. And uh, I write a few notes to people and call a few people. And other than that, I've perfected doing nothing. I do nothing pretty well. So uh, that that's that. So before uh, Craig joins us today, let's talk a little bit about what's going on with the uh, with the Cubs. And that is nothing. You know, they uh, draw well. They're in the top 10 in attendance. They're in the top 10. 20 in payroll. Um, 
you know, people blame Ross a little bit, but I don't think it's David Ross's fault that the Cubs have a horrible roster. They just have a bad roster. I mean, they can't hit. So if you don't have a team that hits aggressively from both the left and the right side, you might as well kiss it goodbye. It doesn't matter what kind of pitching you have, although they don't have much pitching. They don't have much bullpen, but they don't have any clutch hitting. They've got to lead the league in outs with runners in scoring position. And um, by and large, I don't think Jed Hoyer has a goddamn, excuse me, has a gall darn idea what the heck he's doing. But he seems to, uh, you know, can we trade Jed at the, look into that. Has there ever been a, and he's the GM, he's called the president. They got a guy that's a GM, but he's a puppet. Has the general manager ever been traded at the trade deadline? Huh? Could we get Tampa Bay's guy? Could we get the Dodgers guy? Yeah, I'll even take the Diamondbacks, you know. I, I'd be smirched him last year, but by God, you know, look at that. They're leading the league. Can I get the Dodgers, the Yankees, the anybody but – now, Oakland A's have a reason for tanking. They're going to Las Vegas, and then they'll have a good team. Um so go figure the best of the year so far is the fact that Cardinals just continue to suck. I think they're still going to be in contention, but they just don't have any pitching. And, you know, if Arenado and Goldschmidt get pitched around, they're in trouble. Uh, they need Yachty back. The Cubs need Contreras back. We need, Bryant back, Rizzo back, Baez back. We'll never get him. You know, grow up, your risk. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So uh, we're going to take a little break here. We've been at it for, uh, oh, probably about 20 minutes. And we'll get Tyler in Hawaii to uh, give us some good music. And uh, when he's done, uh, we will come back and we will visit with... Uh, the gentleman who's been the co-host of this show forever, the legendary, the great Craig Kashan. So Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple iTunes, and uh, maybe a few other locations. I mean, we we get uh, word from one one place after another that the the, uh, the listeners continue to grow. I, I tell you what, I don't want to bag Chicago sports talk, but this show is a gazillion times better than any of those talk shows. Number one, they, they talk over each other. Number two, they talk about ridiculous things. They rarely talk about Chicago sports, not that there's anything to talk about in Chicago sports. And I dare say that a lot of the podcasts I listen to are kind of the same way. It's like I could I could be like Shrimp Scampi and talk about percentages of baseballs that are hit hard to the left side that would have been a hit but for the change in the rules i mean bore me to death and speaking of while well, i'm on the on the cycle okay jd who teams with with boogs scampy shrimp scampy um not so good you know jd was better with len casper i gotta admit it len len just calls a game he's a He's a true blue broadcaster. Dwayne Stats, broadcaster. Trim Scampy, I, I don't know, but everybody seems to like him. Anyway, uh, when Pat Hughes does the TV, he's great. He doesn't, he, he probably ought to have Ron Schumer, whatever the hell his name is, Ron, with him. Uh, although JD's good. JD's fine. JD just ch chimes in a little bit. Better than the White Sox guy that drives me crazy that have the lens with, but but he's a good guy. The the biggest joke, God love him. He was one of the best pitchers in the history of Chicago Cubs baseball, and an all around good guy, and a guy who is a positive, which is something that is foreign to me. But Rick Sutcliffe can't say. I mean, it's like guys. I want to get a full-time job and I want to be a cub forever. And I want Ricketts to hug me every time he sees me because I can take the most negative crap I see and turn it into, you know, 
the old lemonade from lemons, man. I mean, sut. Couldn't think of anything. Oh, my God. If you can't criticize the Cubs hitting, you can't criticize anything. Everything's good with Sut. This guy's coming around. He's really taking a good approach to the game. He has really got a good hairdo. You name it. Oh, my God. So, anyway, that's that's my take on Sut. God love him. But Sut, number one, say half as much as you say. And number two, occasionally mix in a, you know, like a Harry Carey. Jesus, Boog, which is Shrimp Scampi's nickname. Boog, these guys can't hit. I'm going to call it like it is. They can't hit. They score seven runs in the first couple innings on four hits, three walks, two errors, and a sacrifice. And that's it. They go to bed. They go home. Anyway, we're going to take a timeout. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by none other than Craig Kishan. So take a break, take a minute, and we'll be gone. And back. Ah, man. Technologically challenged, lighter side of baseball. Uretsky is here with his good buddy, and voice of the pregame and postgame, the real host of the Milwaukee Brewers, my good buddy Craig Kashan, who's on all the time. Craig, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Good to be back with you. And uh, happy summer and happy baseball, all that good stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's no uh, no happiness in Chicago. I, the White Sox may have turned it around now that Liam Hendricks is back from curing cancer, which is a good story, but. The Cubs continue to just uh, be anemic at the plate and uh, inconsistent everywhere else. I mean, I don't get it, but uh, it's too nice a day to. Although I did do a little spot before you joined us, and I might have gotten a little bit negative on the Cubs, but let's no way. Yeah, (laughs) you know, we're going to talk about the Brewers and we're going to talk about the Cubs, but how. Now that basketball's over and you're 100% with the uh, baseball side of your sports career, how, how, what's your attitude about Major League Baseball right now? Well, honestly, it, it's pretty good. Um, I mean, you know, the Brewers had a great April, terrible May, and so far in June it's been okay. And it's, you know, really interesting to see all the other teams around the league because, you know, very few Tampa, Baltimore, um, you know, the AL East is really obviously pretty doggone good here right now. But um, very, there are just very few teams when you look at it. And, you know, like like you're just saying, you, you just had your complaint session about the Cubs. There's not a lot <laughs> – there's not a lot of, you know, really great teams out there right now. Nobody's totally running away with things right now. There's a race everywhere. The NL West is a big surprise. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm looking at myself saying, you know, as much as I can, you know, complain that the Brewers have, you know, no offense or whatever it is, there's a lot of teams that don't either. And, um, you know, I, I think that right now as we get into June, it's getting a little more exciting. Things are kind of, you know, uh, weeding out a little bit so you can, you know, create some storylines or whatever. And, and right now, mine's, you know, I'm, I'm pretty positive with things. Uh, it's been, you know, enjoyable so far to, to watch everybody. There's a lot of stars in the league. Everyone's playing each other for the first time on this balanced schedule. So I'm all in, man. That's good. Have you uh, noticed a difference in when you get out of the studio or out of the ballpark with the pace of play? Yeah, I yes. The, so the pace of play was um, off the charts, uh, different at the beginning of the year. And I think as May wore along, um, I, I see a lot of batters right now that are working to count more. Uh, we've had, uh, I think – on the Brewers' side, three, maybe four, three-hour games, and they've all happened in the last probably 
less than two weeks, including last night. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting. There's been a lot of injuries to pitchers, and I think the granted timeouts that pitchers and batters get are becoming longer. So, um, yeah, I think I, I, I like the pace still, though. I mean, we just had a two-hour and 11-minute game a couple games ago, and it was great. Uh, but you got to keep guys healthy, too. Yeah, I think as as our listening audience knows, Craig Kashan is one astute, sharp, brilliant, well-connected broadcaster, and he hit it right on the head there on the uh, the pace of play. You can cruise along, but now everybody's – and word travels. It seems now that the umpires are routinely granting to everybody that steps in the batter's box their one time out. And yeah. there is, it's not, I don't know if that's timed, but it seems to go on or if there's an injury or if there's an argument, which there've been a few, it seems like there are a few uh, reasons. And, and I do think the games are getting a little longer, uh, but even there was one game where there were a couple injuries, pitcher had as much time to warm up as he wanted. And they still were like, three hours or, or less. So that's good. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, overall, the pace is, is where it should be. I mean, yeah. you shouldn't be having three and a half and four hour games. That, that really is ridiculous. So I think they've done, you know, a 98% great job at making sure that doesn't keep happening. The, the thing that I was looking forward to, and I was amazed, uh, but you, Darvish, who's 37, and was the slowest guy I've ever seen. I mean, he just would throw a ball in play every four minutes. This new rule, I think he's a better pitcher. Um, he's got so many pitches, and he just goes through the rigmarole of pitching every thirty, every twenty seconds, or and he looks fine. And uh, and God, I mean, now the game I saw, he basically no hit the Cubs, which is not really that. Noteworthy. Um, <laughs> the other thing, Craig, I, I haven't noticed an abundance of guys stealing bases. I mean, no, it's up a little, but what do you think? No, I think I think that's exactly it. <clears throat> I mean, short of the Reds versus the Brewers the other night, I don't know if you caught that, but the uh, uh, was it Saturday or Sunday? I think it was Saturday. The Reds stole nine bases against mm-hmm. Milwaukee pitching in one game. Was there a brawl? No, 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 just no. a lot of guys with bad cat. What happened to Contreras? We wasn't throwing guys out. Nobody was. Well, this this was on one single pitcher for the most part. I yeah. think six of them came off Colin Ray, who was the starter that day. And, you know, my my good buddy, Vinny Rotino, uh, who played Major League Baseball and is a great scout uh, and now term broadcaster. He knows all the ins and outs and how all this stuff happens. And so he, he did his own stopwatch, like, you know, the first base coaches do and time out, you know, the, um, the leg kick going into your wind up if you're a pitcher and then, you know, how long it takes for you basically to get rid of the baseball to pitch. And he has this timed out. And this is pretty amazing. I think Colin Ray's was like 1.81 seconds between his between going into his motion, so his leg kick. And I think the I think the average is like 1.76 or something. So we're talking about fractions of a second. But if you think about how close plays are for the most part on the throw down the second base, it is fractions of a second. And, and his was just a little bit slow, just that little, you know, five one hundredths or five tenths, uh, however you measure it out. And it was stunning. And, and they stole base after base after I've never seen anything like it in a single game. It turns out it was a record for one game. You know, I always expected that to happen when John Lester was on the mound. And for some Mm -hmm. reason I was like, Oh, we're not going to embarrass this guy. Because he's a stud. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. You know, Maybe the Brewers not. would 
steal a base or two off of them and then kind of stop. It was like, God, you know, let's not embarrass. Yeah. He might, he yeah. might, he might get uh, his buddy Lackey to hit us. Um, the other thing I've noticed is a lot of the the most a lot of the plays that they are successful at throwing out a runner, which is only about twenty three percent, according to Shrimp Scampy, your buddy Boog, whatever his name is. He that's all, all he does is percentages. There were twelve balls, twelve percent of ground balls hit the right field ended up as a double in Yankee Stadium. I mean, give me a break, Boog. Anyway. The guys that are getting it's funny. Bored. It's funny that you remember this stuff, though, Jamie. I will say that <laughs> you're you're the man. The uh, these guys <laughs> are getting thrown out with with, you know, when we all we all played baseball at one point or another. We all retired. Some in little leagues, some in pony leagues, some in in the major leagues. But a lot of times, the catcher, like like a pitcher, he'll cut it a little bit, and and it will be going toward the right field side of second base. I'm noticing a lot of really good guys, not even bias, but regular second basemen are are tagging these guys on bad throws and getting them out, which is as opposed to, you know, Johnny Bench, who'd put it right on the bag before the guy slid in. Right. Yeah. I mean, That's, there's there's a there's a method to all this madness here going on. And and it's a lot of it's on the pitcher because he has to get rid of the baseball quicker. Um and then and then a lot of it, you know, is is that uh that jump time, that uptime, uh, that the pop time, I should say, that the catchers, you know, have to go through and whatnot. And, and then it's, you know, where the ball is placed. And, and, and the other thing, it's the positioning too, whether it's a second baseman or the shortstop, where that ball is coming and where they can get to to get that throw. Yeah. If it's on the, you know, the inside part of the bag or if it's on the outside, which makes it that much more difficult. But a lot of times, when those throws are on the outside part of the bag, they're actually down there quicker. So then it's up to the it's up to the position player to to get that uh, glove down, and it, it's something. And then these guys who are stealing, running the bases, man, they you know they do the swim play, getting in, coming in, you know, uh, head first and whatnot. It it's hey. it's a work of art. Yeah, I mean that now they have mittens they can autograph and give to the fans in addition to all the other stuff that's great hot mitts hot mitts hot mitts man you got all the lingo hey Andres, <laughs> how about the man that was a sad deal wasn't it Whew. yeah yeah I yeah mean, something's been brewing obviously but it, it's too bad it really is i don't know if that's uh you know just where he is in the longevity of his career or, or what but uh it, it seemed like that was, you know, that was coming, unfortunately. So, yeah, our our guy that I really admire, and you know, Dan Plesak was talking the other day on MLB about Degrom and and how easy he would throw the ball and be at 102, and that maybe just maybe he should have figured out how. And you know, where guys are trying to get more speed, maybe Degrom should have tried to figure out how can I dial it back and uh, and save my yeah. arm, but but. Who knows? And uh, man, it's just tough coming back once from Tommy John, twice. I don't know. I mean, and and he's he's a star. And I was I was thinking to myself in our production meeting. Um, you were thinking I, out loud during our production. I was, meeting? I was thinking out loud to <laughs> myself, going, "Hey, what the, what can we do? We can talk about Vinny and his stopwatch, or we can talk about something else." The um, and the injuries, the 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 Brewers have had a tough injury bug with your with your pitchers. I know. Yeah. Um, when you get above all that, and we'll get back to the Brewers and their leading batting average guy hitting two fifty eight, none other than Christian Yelich. Yeah, I did a little work in the productions meeting, buddy. Yeah, um, boy. I think you know when I was a kid. Um, you know, I could I could go down and at the end of the career see Mickey Mantle or Ted Williams or Willie Mays or, you know, a lot, a lot, Carl Yastrzemski, you name it. There were, I could name a hundred guys that, that I would have been so excited to go see. Now, I can't, I go team for team, pitcher versus player, and um you know, who would you pay to go see right now if you didn't have a free, you know, you get paid. Forgetting that. If you were me, who would you go see? 
Well, that's an interesting question because there there are a lot of stars out there, but I guess the I guess the ultimate question or the answer to your question is um, especially when you're referencing some of the guys that you went to go see or you were able to see even at the end of their careers, you, you went to go see Hall of Famers. And and I think the question is where are those Hall of Famers right now and how many more are there going to be? In, in the rest of our lifetime, uh, very, very few would be my first answer. So, you know, yeah. where are you going to, and, and here's the other thing, Jamie, you're going to see games now where it costs you an enormous amount of money, uh, almost like a, a, a summer vacation just to go to one game with your family and, and go see, baseball not just you know you're not going there necessarily to see big stars all the time uh and whatnot certainly not hall of famers so i mean it's it's a tough one you know um but but i have i just put myself in this category when when you propose that question who who would i go at our our production meeting yeah it was length did we lose you Well, but hey, one, son, when, we missed you. You went away for a minute. You got me now. I got you now, buddy. Like so a high think, fly ball at Wrigley Field. There you, I got you. There you go. It's going Can everywhere. Corn. Can of corn, buddy. So, so I think when uh, Shohei Otani comes to town, and he has the last two years to Milwaukee. Uh, Aaron Judge did last year. I think the Brewers are going out there. Actually, they're coming here, I think, at the end of the year. I can't remember. But when, when I have seen like guys like that, when you see them in person, you're going, these guys are, th- these guys are superstars. I mean, look at, look at how big they are. Uh, right. Look at the, you know, look at the um, media that, that follows them um, and whatnot. And, uh, and then watch them play. You know, judges hitting home runs against, you know, the panels out uh, at the ballpark in Milwaukee. And, you know, you watch Otani pitching a game uh, and shut you down for seven or eight innings. And then and then he he stays in and, and plays an outfield position so he can keep batting for his team because he's already hit a home run or something like that. Those are the guys that. Those are the very few, though, that I would pay to go see here right now. That's yeah. for sure. I mean, even and you, you know, I I like to go watch. And this is crazy, but you know, I don't want to put Nelly in that. But I mean, I love to go watch. I mean, all these guys are gifted, but Al Weiss, J.C. Martin, Minnie Minoso, Turk Lown, all, all those guys. There was just something different about it, and maybe I was just young, but even going on uh Pujols and guys like that um you know I thought there's I, I would probably pay to go see um who I think's the best current hitter in baseball and that's Nolan Arenado though he's had a tough couple weeks um I would probably go I would like I did pay to see Kershaw play um and and there are guys but they're not they're a notch or two or three below Hall of Famers I guess and so you know, when I when I think about the Cubs, they're in a, so I might go pay to see Stroman right now because he's kind of an annoying human being. And I equated him to Edwin Davis, but he you know it he didn't win a game at Wrigley last year until the his last outing, and now he's he's found something and he's an articulate Duke University guy who, you know, made made a little news by mocking Soto when he struck him out and all that, but man, oh man, I mean, would I pay to see Sal Perez? I don't think so. Would I pay to see Christian Yelich? I don't think so. Burns yeah. Woodruff, or I'd go pay to see Hader. I mean, Hader's right. a friggin' draw. Um, I I did go to the Chicago Dogs game, um, and it's a independent league. And the only right. the only name I recognize, Brad Lidge's cousin plays, and uh, and so you know, 
they have a little video presentation of Brad Lid of of Lidge, whatever his name is, and the the game is the same. They really didn't make bad plays. The thing I noticed, Craig, they're little. They're these guys are not man for man for man. They were all little compared to how big major league players are for the most part. Yeah, even, even a guy like Lindor, they're they're big. I don't know. Yeah, a, yeah, no, I mean, and I think some of those names that you uh, that you mentioned as well, like even the closers, like Josh Hader. Yeah, uh, I, I like right now. I know you probably haven't seen him uh, pitch this year, but Devin Williams is is definitely in that category. I mean that. That airbender changeup he has right now, and he's coming in games now in the eighth inning. Uh, so he's doing multi-inning, you know, in the middle middle of the eighth. You got a couple guys on. All of a sudden, you're in a safe situation. You're not supposed to be, and then and then he just comes in. Now he's got a different confidence to him. His pitches, um, I mean, changeups for the most part uh, can be figured out over time, <laughs> but nobody can figure out his. And yeah, it, it makes I, it fun to watch, and and I, it's it's visually visually noticeable. So that that's kind of the cool thing with him. Yeah, I mean, and there's the anticipation when you go, you know, am I going to see him come in? Is is or is this his day when they're going to give him a, a bit of rest? But you know, I'll say this, and I forgot about Devin Williams. But you're exactly right. I mean, and I, and I like Yelich. I mean, I and and uh, you know, back in the day, I would. Uh, um, you know, even Braun and, um, you know, there were a lot of brewers that obviously the rivalry with the Cubs, but it, it seemed more fun with the Ramos Ramirez and Mark Grace. And, and then, um, Oh, the center fielder that just retired uh, that uh, played for the Royals and you got a lot of good guys. I think Williams became a little bit well-known through the world baseball, you know, deal because he pitched real well there. And I think he became, uh, kind of a maturity um, symbol growing up from when he punched the wall and ended his playoff run with the Brewers that year. Um, so, yeah, there's another guy. Uh, McCutcheon, maybe, I don't know. Um, Goldschmidt, Kershaw, Trout, <laughs> Swarber. <laughs> I mean, now... You're more upbeat than I am right now. Hard to believe. Actually, actually, you're doing a great job today, at least at least with me. So I, I, I won't be listening to the front end of this show, but I'll be listening to the back end. <laughs> I'll tell you, you gotta listen to the lighter side of I I reconnected with uh, a guy that I represented. He was the first guy to fire me, John Cangelosi, who played for the White Sox and then a bunch of other guys. And then he wrote a book about how, you know challenged individuals who aren't big guys and he was literally small uh and not a bonus baby and not a prospect with the white Sox could get in and stay in the major leagues for he probably played 14 years he he was the first guy to fire me kind of hurt but um he now has a um a hitting um business a clinic teaching kids how to hit along with bo jackson and i mean not surprising it's a huge building, and not surprising. The name on the building isn't John Cangelosi; it's Bo Jackson. But uh, anyway, I'm going to. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to. He, you know, and he was a friend of Nellie's, and Nellie's birthday's coming up, buddy. Uh, That's right. We're going to have a we're going to have a fun time at, uh, and we'll have. To, I guess I'll have to fill Brian in of what what I'm hoping to do with you and Brian uh, to uh, do a little podcast from Ward's House of Prime and. Uh, right around Nellie's birthday. So, man, oh, man, oh, man, that's exciting. It's going to be great for sure. And uh, our guy is missed all the time. As we know, we talk about him a lot. And there's nothing better in life to uh, pay tribute to somebody and raise a glass, have a nice toast, and uh, and do it the Nellie way for sure. Yeah, your Milwaukee Brewer sent another contribution to Open Arms, uh, which was nice. And absolutely appreciate it. Yeah. So that's big time. I don't know if they've named the Dave Nelson award winner yet. I don't know when that happens or maybe well, I think they do. I think they do on his, on the uh, week of his birthday. 
Well, would you let uh, everybody know, Mr. Antanasio and everybody else, that you're at Skilby in town on the, uh, you know, buddies with with Kashan, and that, um, you know, I'm available for interviews about Nelly, for interviews about Kashan, for just, you know, my take on life. So if you would let Tyler and some other guys know that, I think it would be a boon for you and me, buddy. Well, uh, speak for yourself on that one. Uh, it might be a boon for you, but I'd have to, you know, I'd have to do traffic cop and, you know, uh, fireman and put out some fires probably, Jamie. You know that. <laughs> uh, it's always fun to think about our good buddy, Nelly. I'll tell you what, uh, it'll be it'll be fun. And, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Maybe we can get Vinny in there. He knew Nelly a little bit. And uh, um, anyway, uh, the... The amazing team. Here's a team picking up on our production meeting uh, question. In addition to what player, obviously Otani and and uh, Trout and Judge come to mind, but what team right now in either the American League or the National League, whether you've seen them yet this year or not, is there a team out there that you'd go, man, I want to go see these guys play? Hmm. Boy, that that's a good question. Uh, I've got one in mind. I mean, I, I'm not. You know what? I, I'm not sure to be honest with you. Right now, like when I look at the schedule, and I know that the Brewers and everybody else are all playing each other for the first time ever. Um, I think that part excites me just from the variety of it. Um. But as far as a single team goes, I don't know. I don't know if I could pick one over, over another right now, to be honest with you. Well, the team that I would point to has the fourth lowest payroll in baseball, under way under $100 million, and that's the Tampa Bay Rays. I would, yeah. I would, they just crush the ball. Um, I don't know why or how or who their hitting coach is or how they teach it through the minor leagues, but from the left side and the right side, they got some, they don't just hit home runs. They hit some powerful balls in the gap. So I think, um, and, uh, and they've got the guy with the best name in baseball right now. And we're talking about Randy or Rosarina. And um, I was at the lake. I didn't get it. I was gone when the Rays played the Cubs and, I got to say to all my listening audience, I uh, I was invited to dinner by Dwayne Stats, one of the great broadcasters, and I had to I had to tell Dwayne I was busy. I couldn't dine with him. Now, how? I mean, that's almost as bad as if you and I can't connect. Yeah, no, that's that can't happen again. That can't happen again. You don't want to get on somebody's you know what list, man. That's, that's disappointing uh, to hear. Oh, now I might have to fly to Tampa. <laughs> Check out that. You know, a team in our division, I'm going to go see them next Tuesday. And I'm kind of looking forward to it. It's Pittsburgh. I'm going to root for yeah. the Pirates. I'm going to go. Oh, come on now. You're I'm not, not going to root for the – you may no. not get a pass to get in the ballpark. No, and I, I'm Pirates. risking losing my Cub following. But yeah. I'm going to uh, – now nah, I'm going to root for the Cubs. Come on. I can't – no matter what I do, I can't even – you know, I try to root for the White Sox. It's it's you know my old team. I mean, my, I just grew up a diehard Sox. I can't do it. But the Pirates are kind of interesting. Um, you know, Reynolds did everything he could to leave the team, and they wouldn't let him. And now he's their leading hitter. They got Kutch there, and um, I kind of like Cincinnati. You know, they're kind of a neat little team. But you know, is it worth? paying money to go see i'd rather see the dogs i guess yeah yeah uh, well i will say this you know I, we we just saw the reds the other day and they have i think um uh that pitcher uh abbott the lefty who, who made his major league debut he was the seventh uh player on their roster to make their major league debut fifth pitcher wow. um and so but here's the thing about that you know as well as anybody, you you don't know who's going to survive Major League Baseball and career early. Um, out of, out of you know that's a large number of players for one team. Now the Pirates seem like they didn't quite inundate their franchise like that over the last couple of years. 
Um, but they've got some guys now who are still young, but do have major league experience here right now. And, and they figured some things out. And then you, then you get, uh, you throw Andrew McCutcheon back over there. Now I think he's got as many or bigger numbers already uh, with the pirates. And he did all of last season with the brewers and he had a pretty good year with the brewers, but there was something about him going back home and being a difference maker for the pirates here right now. Right. And Reynolds is Reynolds. I love to watch him play too. I mean, he's one of the toughest outs in baseball. So we haven't even played the pirates yet. They're, they're coming in. Uh, are they coming in when you're coming up to Milwaukee or are they going to be right before that? I can't remember. I think they're but, before that. I think I'm coming yeah. up to the national league leading Arizona snakes. They're yes. See, that's another surprise team. Oh my God. Um, yeah. I mean, seriously, like, so, but it, it's, it's, I guess it kind of goes back to my point too, at the beginning of this podcast, when I was just saying, uh, I, I am enjoying baseball here right now because there are some surprise teams and there are teams that you flat out are not going to root for that aren't doing well, namely a team like the Padres here right now, or the Dodgers that are neck and neck with the Diamondbacks for the uh, NL West, things like that. The AL East is upside down compared to how we're used to seeing it. Um, and so that that's all good. I can't remember the the big tall shortstop for the uh, Pirates. He may be on the DL. Um, you know, he's about six four, six yes. five. He weighs yeah. about hundred pounds. And yeah. I, was just, I was just looking now, at he, he was on the DL earlier. They got some. I don't have his name in front of me, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he's he, like six six. Yeah, and he's got a friggin' gun. I mean. They clocked him throwing the first base like at 104. I mean, the guy's amazing. And then there's a couple names that I really don't have a clue about, but they're supposedly studs. This guy for the Reds that maybe you saw, De La Cruz, he's supposed to be cool. He's supposed to be Yes. Cool. And then the, yes. the Florida guy, Arias, or Arise, however you – All Rise, however you say it. Arise, yeah. He's Arise. like 390. Um you know, I was laughing. He got a hit his first time up. For some reason, I was watching, and I go, "God, you know, you go one for three, and your your average is going to drop." But then he got another hit, two for four. So, uh, and then some other guy. Um, and I'm looking at my production meeting notes. There's a guy. By the by, the way, the Pirates is uh, O'Neill Cruz is the shortstop's name. Cruz. I looked that up for you. Uh, how about? The guy with the Rangers, uh, Simeon, has a 25-game hitting streak. He's almost halfway to DiMaggio. How about that? How about that? How about the Rangers? There's another surprise team. that no, Another surprise about. team. Yeah. And you know what? I, I haven't seen jack squat of highlights. I haven't paid as much attention on the Rangers probably as I should. But, I mean, I, I know where they sit right now. And – that's crazy stuff right there, too. I mean, there's like five or six really like majorly surprised teams right now in baseball. Yeah. So two questions, and don't let me forget that. The second question is going to involve uh, my good friend Jerry Reinsdorf. The first question uh, or subject, Steve Stone, I think the color TV analyst for the White Sox and Cy Young Award winner, and, you know, anyway, you know, Stoney. Some people, yeah. some people don't. But anyway, he was asked, or maybe he asked as a guest, who would you rather be, the Toronto Blue Jays at 38 and 34 or the Chicago White Sox at 26 and 35? One team's 10 games back and the other team's four games back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, look, the, the whole definite, I mean, who cares what your record is? I mean, cause you can't, you can't necessarily help uh, where your team is at a certain point. Right. Uh, in other words, if you know your team isn't great or you're battling injuries, you're just trying to stay afloat and it still comes down to competition. 
Um, but the, one of the most difficult things I think in sports is, is overcoming deficits. And so if you're 10 games out uh, versus three or four, I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. Who do you rather be? Uh, right. why, why be good and not even be in the race? You know, yeah. Because, so, yeah, because all you got to do is be good at, in, in, at the end of September going into October. I mean, let's face it. You could be, you could be the worst playoff team, uh, the worst seed, and be in a, in a championship run because uh, we're seeing one right now in the Miami Heat in the NBA. Yeah. So, and Jimmy Butler, you know, why, wouldn't, why wouldn't the Bulls give Butler away? I mean, he, was a, he had kind of a cringy personality, I guess. So they just said, Jimmy, we don't need you. We can be mediocre without you, and uh, boom, here he is, one of the great players in the in the 2023 playoffs, Jimmy Butler. I mean, he, he's he's having a historic run. It's not even just this playoff year. Um, he, I mean, he's going to qualify as one of the best postseason players in the history of sports, especially if they win this thing. Absolutely, which would be pretty cool. Yeah. And you know, I think yeah. I don't see. Denver is being much more than a one-man band, but I got to tell you, unlike the legendary Craig Kishan, I haven't watched one basketball game this year, and so <laughs> I know we're a little different there. You, the point that you just articulated a couple minutes ago, and that is, you know, comparing a team that's in the hunt but five games under five hundred to a team that's in last place in the East that's six games over five hundred. You'd clearly, as you said. All the fans care about is being in the hunt at the end of the year. Boom, give us a shot. Reinsdorf, in a very rare, I mean, Jerry doesn't ever talk, but he was publicly, but he was in a set, won't even come on our lighter side of baseball. How about that? Come on, Jerry. Come on now. He's at some seminar, and all of a sudden I didn't hear it, but I, then I heard what he said. And he basically said, hey, is you know all the fans care about is if you know we have a team that's in September playing meaningful games. That's all he said. And you would have thought he he said let's go shoot Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse. I mean, people just ripped on him. And and for the life of me, you know he got ripped on when he you know gave away the players and they called it the white flag sale and he surrendered. Now every team does that. Then he gets ripped on just what you said and I said, and that is, give me a team in September that has a shot at the playoffs. That's all I care about. That's it. <laughs> yeah, Why that's controversial. Well, I don't get it. Do you? I, I no, that actually surprises me a little bit. However, <clears throat> however, um, I I will say this: when an owner says that, and I mean, he's he's known well enough in the in the whole circles of NBA and Major League Baseball. Um, I mean, to me, I think most of that's reputation and people want owners to spend every ounce of money that they have on the team that they're cheering for and rooting for and are passionate for. And when fans don't see it that way, they're they're going to be the first one to start ripping on the owner and saying, hey, you know. I don't have any money, but I know you do. You should be spending it on this team, blah, blah, blah. You know, we yeah. shouldn't be this bad. You know, you have lots of money. You know, you're giving players away or making bad trades or, you know, whatever the case may be. So to me, that's kind of how I I read into that. But his message overall is, is the right message because this is why they expanded the playoffs too. Um, and this is why, you know, up until the last year or two or three, uh, baseball had the fewest teams in the playoffs, but they but they realize you know you're you're losing your audience, you're losing you know the young generation, uh, the ability to cash in and and keep them there because you're going to be in a different light of competitiveness, e even with some teams that aren't good, you know, right. and you know there's six divisions for a reason too. I mean, if there are only four. You know, some of these teams would be would be way out and further out. But now that you have, you know, you win the division under 500, you're in the playoffs. If you only had four divisions and you were one of those teams that was, you know, a couple of games below 500, you may not have a shot. Yeah. No, that um, 
That is it. And I got to tell you, they, they play 162 games, and I'm a pretty big fan. The games in April, May, and before the All-Star break don't mean anything. Then you've got the time up until the trade deadline, and then, you've, then you're off and running with a whole new shuffled deck that creates some new interest. So right now, if the if the Angels are playing the Mariners, I tell you what, I'd rather go run a mile or two. Not that I can, but I would rather <laughs> do that. But the other thing, you know me, I always like to look at the payroll and the performance. If you're Cohen with the Mets and you're floundering with your $300 million payroll and the Tampa Bay Rays are kicking ass with their $77 million payroll. I mean, that's like that's like the live golf guys that didn't go to live golf. And now they're going like, wait a minute, I turned down $300 million to be loyal to you and you just spit in my face. How about that live golf? That's crazy. I um, mean, oh, God. I mean, who, who saw that coming, by the way? Well, apparently not Rory or Tiger or Spieth or anybody. And yeah. uh, I got to tell you, uh, you know, not to get into uh, flag waving, but I, it, it's going to be really, and I, you know, they say, well, the Chinese are involved in the NBA and the Saudis have their hands in this, that, and the other thing. But with the response that the 9-11 families gave, I got to say, I'm kind of leaning towards supporting the 9-11 families as opposed to the um, Jay Monahan, commissioner of the uh, PGA or whatever. What a yeah, roaring. A, I'd sue the PGA for you induced me uh, to my detriment to stay. And now, you know, you've cost me $300 million. If you thought you were going to be done with litigation, guess again. Number two, I would be going to Donald Fear and saying, I know you're getting a little old, Don, but we want to unionize. Come help us. Yeah, yeah. see now, you. this is going somewhere, you would think. I mean, I, I just can't imagine anybody's going to sit back and just um, not, not create the necessary controversy. Let's just put it that way. I think you're yeah. definitely right. Yeah, yeah I, love, I love controversy. It's great. And so far, you know, baseball hasn't had a lot of controversy, so... Uh, so that's good. Anything else going on in uh, in your life that that uh, you want to talk about here to the fans? Well, we've got uh, on on the NBA side, we have a new head coach for the Bucks, Adrian Griffin. So, and he's got some ties to Chicago with the uh, with the Bulls. Uh, and now my dog is barking. And everybody yeah. listening goes, the dog has really come on strong. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. She's that way, though. She the doesn't even know. Way. She's one of these dogs that doesn't know why why she barks. She just thinks she has to. So hey, let me but, ask you, um, this is another pertinent question on the lighter side of nothing. How are the mosquitoes in uh, your neck of the woods? I'm telling you right now, there aren't any. You are just horrible. We, we have we don't allow. I probably just jinx that by saying it. We have there are a lot of uh horse flies that are very annoying and gnats and whatnot, but we don't have any mosquitoes here at all. Of course, this is the driest, driest it's ever been uh, in in May and June that I ever remember too. So that's got to be part of it. Well, yeah, up in the North Woods, it's dry, but they have the largest amount of snowfall up there they've ever had. And so there's ponding water in the lowland areas near the lake. And I'm telling you what, the mosquito we're playing golf and the mosquitoes are flying up our nose and then uh we fled for you know coming back to chicago and i i put the car in reverse and the backup camera came on and you couldn't see it was covered with mosquitoes so i'm hoping <laughs> i'm hoping the dragonflies went out in the next couple of days and we can get back up there but all right buddy i'll let you go do something that's uh maybe not as uh as monetarily beneficial to you as this show, but maybe something else that gets your interest. It's all about the money, man. That's why I'm here. It's all about the money. <laughs> all right. We will talk again uh, before uh, the lighter side travels to um, uh, formerly Miller Park, now Fam Field. And uh, we'll maybe clue Brian. And if you happen to be over at Brian's, you can give him a precursor and, uh, if not, I'll give him a shout out. And uh, 
looking forward to seeing you, man. Sounds great. We're, we're uh, looking forward to it too. And uh, good to be on the show again, my friend. All right. Hold on. Don't go anywhere. We're going to, we're going to put the listening audience on hold and uh, just, and there you have it. The legendary Craig Kishan. What a great guy. We have so much fun doing this show. It seems like five minutes goes by and it's an hour. And uh, he's always just uh, a fun guy, a good friend. And uh, we're going to have a good time next uh, on the uh, 21st of uh, June at both at Miller Park and at uh, uh, Ward's House of Prime, one of the greatest steakhouses in the country. So uh, on the lighter side of baseball, heard on Spotify, Spotify, SoundCloud, and uh, Apple iTunes. This is Jamie Uretzky saying thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Enjoy the great weather no matter where you are, whether you're in California or New Mexico or Arizona, Illinois, Canada, Florida, Arizona. These are all places where I know uh, my good buddies are listening. And so um, it's always fun to talk. It's always fun to talk baseball, and I love it uh, uh, when I get a little feedback every now and then from you guys. But in the meantime, uh, for all of us who get out there and chase that little white ball down the uh, beautiful uh, fairways and roughs and sometimes ponds, stripe it down the middle, saying so long until next time. Yeah.